Hey guys, it's Whitney. I wanted to take some time to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com. They're a national private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities. They do this with private accredited investor funds. They have a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and control over $250 million in equity from their investors. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easier for you to start investing in real estate without all the hassles. They even have an average 62% repeat investor rate in each offering they put together. They even have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to fix and flippers locally and across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. To help you learn more, they have put together a free passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download the PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is E. Katatrina Stepanova. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Whitney. Tell the listeners a little more about who you are and maybe this transition from buying property in Russia to buying property in the States and how that worked out. Okay, <laughs> of course. I was always interested in real estate. I wouldn't say that you could really invest. You might not have all this opportunity to invest in real estate, living necessarily in Russia and just go ahead and buy commercial real estate and such. It's not that easy, I would say. Not such a straightforward path. But when I immigrated to the United States and moved to New York City, I was always dreaming about owning my own personal residence first in New York. And then that became true. And then I was really interested in continuing on investing. And I think many people start very tentatively and not sure how it's going to go, what to do, what you know, what you don't know. And it's just really scary and intimidating that space. So I thought, you know what, maybe turnkey is the way to go. I don't know much. I know nothing about nothing. So let me try that. So I tried that and I had two evictions in a matter of six months in my first property. And it quickly taught me one thing, that when you own single door or single property and you have a single tenant, that is a, as much of a risk as you can possibly take. So I thought that, going into commercial real estate, it's just so much, so less risky and decided to do just that. I started studying, learning whatever I could about the commercial real estate investing and about different classes of assets. And after a while, I decided to stick with mobile home parks because I thought that's something interesting that looks like a little community to me. It's a little, little village. It just had a very good feeling to me. So I thought, you know what, let me try that. And again, more learning, more trying, started marketing, got some feedback from owners. People started pulling me back. 
and I was learning how to speak to them, how to, what to ask, what not to ask. They will ask me questions. So I quickly figured out that I don't know many things. And luckily enough, I just want to say it's very, very important to have someone to mentor you or to show you the ropes. And then those people who have that are very lucky. And I was lucky in that regard because I had probably two big mentors, I would say, in the industry and also in my real estate life, so to speak. One is Jim Barbaro, who kind of guided me probably to that also decision to look into mobile home park space to begin with. And once I got into that space, I was mentored by Charles D. Hart, Sunrise Capital. These guys, they put together this amazing academy, which I was a student of. And then Charles just spent numerous hours with my team, mentoring us, working with us with the deals, how to do underwriting, what to ask, how to negotiate deals. And that's how I also met my partners then, who had more experience in the industry. Battinger is one of my partners who lives in Georgia. I'm in New York. He's in Georgia. And he has our operational experience. He's done joint ventures before. And we also met our third partner, Nicole Villanueva, who is in California. Nick has extensive background in commercial and residential real estate I think it's 18 years. He has the longest background in real estate than all uh, all three of us. Awesome. It's just really neat that, you know, you started out with turnkey, you tried to get in, and then you figured out really, I mean, you said six, within six months, you had two evictions. And then, you know, just really hit you that, okay, this seems pretty risky to only have one unit. Right. So, okay, your eyes were open to, okay, we need more units. But I like, too, how you decided to focus. Like, you know, we're not just like going to buy mobile home parks, storage, multifamily, whatever, you know, retail. We're not going to just look for everything. But, you know, I think there's a lot of value in like focusing on one thing, you know, and being really good at that. And then maybe eventually we do other things. But for at least for a time, we're going to focus. And it looks like that's been successful. You know, I mean, you all have purchased a few deals now and in process of buying another. And so tell me about the focus on the mobile home parks and why mobile home parks as opposed to multifamily or self-storage or something else. Well, of course, the I would say the uniqueness of this opportunity. It takes, I would say, a little bit of a different approach. We go, my team, I'm saying, we go direct to direct to owners. And I like this approach. It's very personal. It's very real. <laughs> you, oftentimes, you get to communicate directly with owners. And that is quite unique because also the owner, I would say, profile, oftentimes they're mom and pop owners. So with that comes not only opportunity to buy great deal, so to speak, but also learn from their experience and if you listen to those people oftentimes how owners come to own those parts usually they inherit them their parents or their grandparents build the parts in 40s 50s 60s and when you talk to them they can really teach you about this industry about the park they will tell you how they built it what to be a lookout for, and just really educate you and really help you out if you listen. 
And it seemed to be very unique. And I really like that personal approach. So I guess that's just was the attractive uh, point in that. Yeah, I can relate to that. I like to talk to people. It, it would be much more personable to be able to just talk to people and have a phone conversation or even meet in person as opposed to having to go through, you know, a third party like a broker, obviously, that we have to do a lot in the multifamily space. But that would be attractive to me as well. What about, I guess, what are some things maybe early on that you learned about mobile home parks or maybe some things that you know now that you didn't know initially that you wish you had have known? Yeah, I think that it is quite important to have a support of your team because you just go further faster if you have a team. Someone knows the industry better. Someone is better at marketing. Someone is better at underwriting or has financials together. <laughs> and it just gives you so much more opportunity if you work with a team. So I think it's just very helpful to identify someone who you might be working together with because that's just invaluable. I do still work full time and for me to do the amount of marketing that we do, all these deals underwriting and working through the due diligence, it wouldn't be possible if not for, for the team because we can divide and conquer together and share contacts and brainstorm and discuss things. It just the best. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And I like it. You know what your focus is, and that's mobile home parks. And then also growing your team so you all can specialize on different parts of the business. And even that allows you to narrow your focus within the business so you're not as overwhelmed, you know, doing everything. You can know what your tasks are, what you're responsible for. And then, you know, you can move forward a lot faster, I feel. I've seen it happen numerous times, and I see it happening to you all as well. And so how are you managing your you're still working full time. You're doing this. How do you manage all this? How do you manage your time and make this happen? Yeah, well, that's the beauty of having a team. So we use systems. We have systems in place that we work through. We use CRM program. We use a contact management system. So we make sure we assign tasks. Who is doing what? So we know. And we keep notes. We keep track of our due diligence list, a lot of things that other items that we have on our to-do. And we just make sure we communicate a lot. And that's how we make it happen. Oh, you know, awesome. One of our books travels a lot, so we're just trying to make it work. Our guest is Kevin Bupp. Thanks for being on the show, Kevin. Whitney, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to being here. Yeah, I'm honored to have you on the show. I've heard your podcast and just seen you. You're that thought leader in many spaces now, and people know you as that expert. I'm happy to have you on the show and pleasure to meet you and even speak on the same stage a few months back, you know, in Denver. And it's been a pleasure to get to know you a little better. In case the listeners haven't heard of Kevin, he is a Florida-based real estate investor. He's the top iTunes podcast host and serial entrepreneur with over $150 million of real estate transactions under his belt. His extensive investment experience spans the gamut of apartment buildings, single-family homes, office buildings, raw lands, condos, and his favorite by far and most profitable is mobile home parks. He's also the host of the Real Estate Investing for Cashflow podcast, which I highly recommend. And Kevin, you know, thank you again so much for your time. It's an honor to have you on the show and you know get to talk to you once again. But tell the listeners a little more about who you are, and then we're going to dive in. Sure, sure. And again, Whitney, it's, it's an absolute honor to be here. So thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, 
I try to keep it as a condensed story of my background and, and a little bit of my life story. I kind of accidentally happened into real estate, but it's a, it's the most wonderful thing and, and that's happened in my life. I'm very blessed to be here. Like most, I went through high school, graduated, and a lot of my friends kind of had direction. I did not. So at that point in time, I was not like most. I didn't have much direction of what I wanted to do in life. So I went to community college and I didn't want to go burn my parents' money away by, by partying at a university. And so I did what I thought was a responsible thing and I it went locally. During that period of time, I met an individual by the name of David and David introduced me to real estate. Uh, he happened to be dating the mother of my girlfriend at the time. So it was kind of a random story of how we met. Dave was a local real estate investor. He uh, owned a bunch of single family and smaller multifamily properties in Pennsylvania where I grew up. And uh, David and I became friends. And not, not a long time after him and I first met, he I'm not sure why. I still don't know to this date. And I don't think I've ever asked him this question, but he invited me. He must have saw something in me because he invited me to a real estate conference. I never even had expressed much of an interest in what he was doing. However, he invited me to a three-day conference that he had already paid paid for. His partner couldn't attend with him. And so he invited me to go in their spot, take their spot. And I did. And it was a life-changing event. It really was the turning point in my life where I saw something now that, that gave me direction, that gave me purpose, that, that got me excited and just gave me that enthusiasm to get up every day and just you know, kind of run full steam at it. And so left that three-day event and essentially went to Dave and said, Hey, I like everything that I learned this past weekend. But I'm overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. Like, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of smart people in this room. I think I could be one of them, but I need a little bit of guidance. You know, how can I help you in your business? How can I, you know, help you grow your business? You know, how can I take some, some work off your plate? You know, I'd love to be around you more. You know, we were friends at that point. So we already enjoyed being around each other. But I said, how can I be around you even more? And how can I give value to you in your business? And he, he graciously accepted the offer. And, and what I did, Whitney, is I, in between tending bar in the evenings and going to school during the day, I was at David's home office or out in the field with him. I was running errands. I'd go get him coffee. I mean, whatever I had to do to be around him on a, on a daily basis, I did. And I did that for a little over a year before buying my first property, before I felt comfortable to actually spend my own money and take the leap of faith and buy my first investment property. And that was back when I was 20 years old. Bought my first property when I was 20. And that's really all I've done since then. I've owned other types of business. I've owned a mortgage company and other businesses outside of real estate. But real estate's always been my core. You know, I, I very quickly accumulated a large portfolio of single-family rentals, both in Pennsylvania and then in Florida when I moved down a few years after. And also sort of acquiring multifamily properties during that period. And this is kind of leading up to, to 2008. You know, everything was going great. The you know, economy super strong. Everyone's making money in real estate, even waiters and waitresses. And, you know, just about anyone was making money in real estate at that point in time. And so that, you know, the roller coaster was going up, 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 up. And somewhere around 2000, late 2006, early 2007, I started seeing some slowdowns happen. And before I knew it, 2008 was right on my tail. And we had a very, very challenging time with our real estate down here in Florida and, and lost just about everything. You know, it, it crashed pretty quickly, pretty aggressively, and pretty much had to start over my entire life at that point in time. And so that, that's kind of the, the general background of how I got into real estate and, and what brought me up to, you know, to kind of where we are today, at least. You know, there was a period of a couple of years, Whitney, where I stepped away from real estate. I'd never been through anything like that before. I was in my, in my 20s still and had never experienced you know, uh, such a thing, you know, I only knew going up and making money. I didn't know what bad credit meant. I didn't know what, you know, being broke or not having any credit cards or anything like that, that I could rely on. I didn't know what that meant. And so it was a very challenging emotional time for me for those three years following 2008. And I stepped away from real estate in its entirety. I started a few other businesses that were not related to real estate just to get my mind off of it. But the burning desire was still there. It just never went away. The flame was there. And 
that's ultimately what led me to what we're in today, which is mobile home parks. And I was introduced back in 2011 to a guy by the name of Randy, my mutual friend. And Randy owned mobile home parks here in Florida. And a long story short, Randy piqued my interest enough and, you know, after having a two-hour lunch with him that I left that lunch and said, I'm going to buy a mobile home park. One way or another, I'm going to buy a mobile home park and, and figure out how this game works and see if we can make some money at it. And so seven years later, that's what we've been doing full-time. We've been buying parks throughout the U.S. Uh, currently own just about 2,000 lots throughout 13 different states and are having a lot of fun with it and making a lot of money. So, Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you elaborating all that and just how you got started. And, and, you know, I think so many listeners can relate to, you know, trying to find that some, that person like uh, David, you know, that's your mentor that really helped open your eyes to this possibility of real estate. You know, when I got started, I had no clue that real estate could be this, this type of business. You know, I'd never been around anybody like that. And so that, that's incredible. But, you know, uh, it, just your passion, though, how, you know, you mentioned, you know, if it was just going and getting him coffee, you know, you were doing anything just to be around him more so you could increase your knowledge and increase your ability to grow your own business and, and increase your, your relationship with him. You know what it was, Whitney? It, and I, I look back and I was pretty insecure at that point in my life. I mean, not from a physical standpoint or, you know, looks or anything of that nature, but just of like where I was in the world versus like where my friends were. A lot of my friends were away at school and I was going to community college. Like I really, I wasn't in my mind, I wasn't making much progress as an adult. And so I, I just, I didn't have that, that, that security. And so when I went to David, I was like thinking in my mind, why is he going to want to help me? Like, you know, I surely, he's not going to take the time out of his busy day. He's already successful. Like, why is he going to give back to me? I know he's a friend of mine, but like, I surely don't want to take away from his business. So the only thing that made sense to me is if I could actually like add value, like literally help him grow his business or just help him take some, you know, some things off his plate, maybe admin work, things that were just busy work to him. You know, how could I help him so that in turn, you know, just through osmosis, he, he, would, he would help me and I would learn things throughout the day being around him. So that's, that's kind of how I approached it. And now looking back and after being in this business for quite some time, it's, it's surely the advice that I give folks that are getting started that, that are looking for a mentor. You know, forget about looking for a mentor that you can pick their brain or extract information from. You got to find someone that's been there and done that and think about how can you add value to them and in, in a very big way, right? How can you help them increase their business, grow their business and help them you know, reach their goals. You got to think about giving back versus taking. So you, you mentioned, you know, you grew your business and then up at, you know, 2008, yeah, there was a crash. You had to start over losing. I mean, that's, that's devastating, right? I, you probably that's hate for me horrible. to even bring that up. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, how do you get past that? You know, you mentioned, you know, you stepped away even a couple of years, but just the mindset to really come back into real estate and, you know, and, and now you've done it again. And I mean, you are, you know, you're doing very well, you know, you've grown another business in real estate and even, you know, mobile home parks, you're doing, you know, extremely well, but you know, I'm sure that that mindset during that time was difficult. It was a pretty dark time for a period. I, I'd tell you that the one saving grace that came into my life right before literally the world ended, I, I say the world ended, like when I defaulted on a lot of my loans, I, I held on as long as I could. And it just got to the point to where things were upside down. I was writing really big checks each month to make up the negative cash flow, any kind of additional debt service that was there. And I knew my money was going to run out pretty quickly. And I just started dating who is now my wife. I met her when I had a really nice home in the water, had nice things. She was a great girl. And I kind of knew within the first couple of dates of going out, I was like, this is the one. This is the one. And in my mind, I'm like thinking, God, what a bad timing. I didn't think she was dating me because of, of money or material items, but I surely didn't want to lead her down this path of 
she thinks she's having fun and things are about to get not so much fun here in the very near future. And so I had a pretty honest conversation with her about six weeks into our our relationship. And I don't think she took it all that seriously, Whitney. I don't think she fully comprehended the severity of the uh, situation uh, because she said, "Ah, that's okay. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. I'm like thinking to myself, I think she really realizes how bad it's about to get. And anyway, she stuck with me through it. It got really bad. It got really, really bad. And she stuck with me through it, there to support me and there to kind of see me through the, the challenging times. She was there to, you know, witness all my crazy entrepreneurial ideas that came about, you know, while I was trying to like scrape together and, and figure out how to rebuild myself. And she was supportive. I mean, but it was still very, very tough. I basically, I, I feel like I went back in time. I told you I felt very insecure. I had a lot of insecurities when I met David. A lot of those same feelings came back. I'm like, oh my God, everything I thought I knew just completely went out the window. And things are so different today, you know, after the crash happened than what they were prior. And I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't know how to dig myself out of this hole. And I know it wasn't going to be an easy dig out either. Like it, this wasn't just a hey, you know, give them back to the bank and everything's going to be over. There was many years worth of working through judgments and, you know, getting knocks on the door from servers and, you know, court dates. And it was just, it was a very challenging time. But I'd say that she was really that support mechanism. And, and the other thing that really was, was helpful for me is that I knew that the one thing I could control Whitney was my, was my health and well-being. Like I, if I felt good, if what I put in my body was, you know, clean food and, and you know, greens and plant-based diet, if I, if I could put that in, I knew that that would at least keep me in like, you know, peak physical performance. And if you're in peak physical performance and your brain's going to work well, you're going to have absolute clarity. Even if things aren't going so well, you'll at least feel good, you know, from a physical state. And so I really got involved in health and fitness even more than I was prior to, you know, the crash happening. And so, because that, that was like the one thing I felt like I could control in my life. And that led me to a few other businesses, you know, kind of in a in an interim between getting back into real estate. And those two businesses were, you know, one was called Running for Brews, which you'll probably get a giggle at. This was a, a social running club that I started, which is now the largest social running club in the country. I'm no longer involved and I handed it off a few years back. And it revolved around once a week, meeting at different locations throughout the country, craft meeting at a craft brewery, and essentially we charge the brewery money for the amount of runners that we'd bring each and every week. We'd run a casual 5K and then have drinks together. So that turned into a pretty large business. And then we also started a clothing company that we made custom gear for different charitable events and you know, cycling organizations. So we created a printing company and both were related to health and fitness. And I just it got my mind off of real estate. And that, along with Joanna being in my life, it was, it was the only way that I got through it all. But it brought me back to that burning desire of real estate. That, that, that fire never went away. And it finally got to the point to where it was burning out of my belly, where I knew I had to get back in. I knew I had to dive back in and, and, and get into what I felt was my true passion in life. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 